And we're back. Welcome back to the Beyond the Water podcast. As always, I am your host, Cooper. I am happy to be here with you today, wherever you're listening from, wherever time you're listening to. As we're recording late at night on Sunday evening, pushing almost Monday morning right now, but hey, we're here. We're ready. We're going to get going. We're ready to keep this series going that we've been working on last week and then, then again this week with the Christmas story from the perspective of those around, not just the straight Christmas story, but kind of looking at it from the other side. And I'm going to be honest with you, usually I write out a bunch of notes, and I spent a few hours today trying to write out a couple of notes, and you know, I got nothing. Last week we looked at the wise men, this week we're looking at the shepherds, and I'm I'm flying by the seat of my pants today, which may be a good thing, may be a bad thing, but you're going to get the most real experience here this week with the podcast, with the pod, with the pod, I'm just going to call it a pod, that sounds cool, no, with the podcast, you're going to get the realist experience that we're going to go, because you're going to get my live thought process on what I'm thinking as I'm going through this, and how it's correlating to you know, my life, your life, anyone's life, 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 life. We're going to need a life counter by the time we're done with this one. That was like 10 of them already. But anywho's, we're just going to go in. I'm going to share what I'm thinking as we're going through this and as we're looking at the shepherds and what we can learn and apply from what the shepherds did and didn't do or whatever it might be. As we're going here. But before we get into this, I just want to thank everyone for joining. I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank you for sharing this with the person you think needs it. And I want to wish everybody a very Merry Christmas. I don't know if I'll be on next week because you're looking at holidays, but hey, maybe I'll get another one pushed out and we'll just save it for later kind of thing. But if I don't, Merry Christmas to everybody, and I hope you have a fantastic New Year. And if I don't hear from, if you don't hear from me next week, have a very wonderful end of your year, and we'll see you in 2023. But now let's get to the meat and potatoes here. I was I was going through and background a little bit here is I wanted to do Christmas themed podcasts these two weeks because I just really wanted to touch on it. I I wanted to get myself back on the track of, you know, it's Christmas season. Let's get something going. You can get the podcast back up and going. You can relate it to Christmas. It's going to be perfect. It's great. It's fantastic. Well, I just didn't want to go be like sitting here looking at, oh, Jesus came, came as a baby, yada, yada. There's the story. Here's what we can learn. I wanted to really, really focus and hone in on just the variety of individuals that were there and the variety of people that that showed up you know the wise men they showed up and we we hit on that last week so I'm not really going to dive into that again but they were these very distinguished people that you know they didn't really need to be there but they knew the importance of being there and honestly this kind of the same with the shepherds but instead of being these really really important people they're just shepherds they were they were watching over their flock by night. I mean, right in Luke 2, verse 8, you know, the shepherds are living out in the fields nearby, keeping over their over their flocks at night. 
They were just chilling. They were doing their job. They were doing what they were expected to do. You know, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to put my cart before my horse and, I, and I'm really good at getting ahead of myself in when I'm speaking. But, you know, the shepherds are very important because later on throughout, you know, Jesus's ministry, he, he's referred to as a shepherd and our shepherd. And we are going to, we're going to touch on something that is very near and dear to my own personal heart that I think will be very, very helpful for, you know, wrapping this thought process up. But the shepherds are just out there. They're just kind of doing their job. They're watching over their sheep, making sure no, nothing came. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them. We've all heard it. <clears throat> We've all seen it that done or you know a play or whatever it might be but there's no there's no crazy going on here at this time it's just the angel of the lord appeared they said to them do not be afraid for i bring you good news that will cause you cause great joy for all the people today in the town of david of, of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth, lying in a manger. This is nuts to me. The the shepherds, these average Joes, they just they get this information from the angels. They just get everything, and I and like to me, I'm just like, this is awesome. This is this would be an, such a crazy experience, and like I can't imagine like if an angel came down and was like, "Hey, here's what's happening. Here's what's going on. Don't be afraid, but this is it. This is the time. The time is now." And I, I can only assume and imagine what the shepherds were thinking at this time. You know, there was probably a sense of fear. I mean, they they definitely started with that fear aspect, and they said, do not be afraid. You know, that phrase, or a format of that phrase, is repeated throughout scriptures 365 times. And this is just one instance of it, but 365 times we're reminded to not be afraid, or do not fear, or, you know, some form of that. And I'm no mathematician over here, you know, I I don't, don't claim to be one, but I'm pretty sure last time I checked, there's at least 365 days in the year. Check me. Fact check me. But I'm pretty sure there's 365. So they already knew that fear was going to play a role into what was happening because the shepherds, they didn't know. They, they were just watching their flocks or sheep or eh, flocks of sheep, maybe. Most likely sheep. And these angels just showed up. Of course they were afraid, but they're like... Calm, simmer, everything's fine. We want to bring you this information. And so they're there. They get all this information. The angels leave. And the shepherds, they're looking at one another. And and they say to themselves, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened. Which the Lord has told us about. So they already kind of understood, you know, Divine intervention, we're being told that the Savior's been born. Let's sit back and just relax. We'll leave in the morning. Nope. Nope, they didn't say that. They were like, Let, let's sit back and relax. We will leave when our replacements come to watch over the flocks. They, uh, 
they also they also didn't say that. I think the the one major thing that we can learn from the shepherds, the wise men, everyone involved here is there's no sense of hesitation in their action. I think and maybe I maybe this is just a me thing. Maybe maybe I'm going to get way too um transparent with this, but I'm always thinking things through. Sometimes thinking things through a little bit too much because I don't want it to go wrong or whatever it might be. You know, I very much like things to have a plan and I very much like that plan to be done to its fullest extent, you know, all these things. That that's a me thing. And I know that's a me thing. And so I try to work on that and I definitely try to be like more, less hesitant when I know it's God speaking to me or I know he's got his hand in this situation like not showing so much hesitation in in trying to just go for it and be like okay God you are pushing me this direction I'm going to step through this door without really thinking and I'm just going to do it I don't know what's going to happen but you're here right now and I can tell you're here so here I go I'm going and I struggle with that because you know I like to know the plan like I so saying there and so I I've been taking things away from this like hey when when you know God's in play and he's pushing you towards a direction you just kind of got to go for it the shepherds went for it the wise men went for it like this was a big big deal to all of them and in that process, you can't hesitate. There was no sense of hesitation. So they left. They It literally says in verse 16, the very beginning of verse 16 here in Luke 2, they say, and so they hurried off. You know, I, I've been sitting here talking about not hesitating. They hurried off. They did not wait for anything. And that is super cool to me as a person who's very much the... Oh, hey, let, what's the plan? We're going to get this figured out. Take the hill kind of situation. So the the shepherds go. They find Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning about what they had been told about this child. Here's the thing. So that, that's verse 17 or verse 16 and verse 17. They They saw him. They confirmed what they were told. And then they, very much, without doubt, shared everything that they had seen at that point. This is very much, to me, that opportunity to share who Jesus is with people. Christmas is that time where you're going to get people to come to the church. They're going to they're gonna come through the doors because it's Christmas. And, you know, there's a big, long, running joke in my family where you have two firsts. You have people who will come on Christmas, and you have people who come on Easter. They'll come two times a year, so they're called twofers. But that's your moment. That's your opportunity. That's your chance to share who Jesus is with these individuals. And and if we don't, what are we? What are we doing? What is the church doing as a whole if we're not sharing who Jesus is at Christmas? You know, I, I'm, 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 but I'm. I don't even know what word to use at this point. I'm speechless when it comes to all these things that I'm hearing about churches and what they're preaching and sharing and confirming. And, you know, it it saddens me 
to be like, we've, we've missed the boat about who Jesus is and, and what he means for the church as a whole. And, you know, maybe that's a whole nother series to look into, debunking all these things that we're hearing on the internet. I'm debunking, it's not the right word, because or sharing the truth of these things that that go against what we're hearing on the internet or from the pulpit or whatever it might be. There's There's so many things in life that get thrown at us that if we forget, if we don't take that opportunity especially during this this season of Christmas, to sit back and be like, Jesus is who he said he is, and here's who he said he was. He was he was the Savior. He was the you know the Messiah. He's Lord. Those are just the three things that are in the passage we're using today that they called him. It, you know, and, and I skipped over verse 14 where it says, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. So not only is he the Savior, the Messiah, the Lord, but he needs to have glory brought towards him. You know, all this praise. These angels came down and they're praising him, saying, saying all these things. And that's just as important as everything else. But when you're fed this false sense of, you know, meet Jesus, everything's rainbows and gumdrops, and you're going to have this happy-go-lucky life, it's sad. It's just sad to me. And I'm I'm on a rant. I know I'm on a rant. And I, I'm, I'm reading between the text lines here, obviously, because, you know, they didn't they didn't be like, well, this is how everything's supposed to look. But we get a framework for who Jesus is and what we should do with that knowledge. We're, we should go tell people, you know, again, they didn't sit around, ask him all these questions, wait till he was older to be like, are you really who you say you are? No, they heard these things. They they found Mary and Joseph and Jesus in the, in the manger, and then they spread the word concerning about what they've been told about him. It, it, it's amazing. They didn't be like, well, you know, this couldn't be true. This could not be true. But they acted upon on faith. They they stepped out on this sense of unknown faith that was so big that they didn't even need to be. Like, hey, is this true? Is this not true? So, at the end of the day, we we have this opportunity to to share who Jesus is. We have this opportunity to be like, yeah, I know what is said, and I know who he is, so now I need to share it with John Smith next door. I need to share it with this family who I know is only going to come to church on Christmas. I need to share it with the kids that I see playing in the streets, like you, you know, it's one of those things where it should motivate us to be like, I know who Jesus is. So let me share who Jesus is. And the part about this, that, that is so amazing to me. And verse 18 here, it says, all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. Jesus is amazing to people. I think that's so forgotten today. How amazing Jesus is and how wonderful Jesus is. 
you know, again, it's one of those things that leaves me speechless, and I just don't know what to do with it. Jesus is wonderful. Jesus is amazing. And people are amazed to hear about him. And I think that's the part that I think we get hung up on because, you know, no one wants to hear about this Jesus and how you're supposed to sacrifice your life and how you're supposed to worship him and not worship yourself or whatever it might be. I think that is more important than anything else in our day and age. We need to be out there sharing Jesus, amazing people with who Jesus is. That sounded like we're the ones being amazing. But what I'm saying is, is like, Telling people about how amazing Jesus is is a better way of phrasing that. And just being like, hey, this is what I know. This is how it's changed me. It can change you in the same manner. It can change you from XYZ to ABC. You know, everyone's like, you meet Jesus and you do this crazy transformation in your life. I... I I think, yes, that is very, like, viable. And I think that happens, you know, you know, from a drug dealer to a believer. I think those things happen. But I think a lot, a lot of people's story don't, they just don't add up like that. And so to them, they're like, I can't share this. This isn't nearly as exciting as Joe Smith's story. Or this isn't nearly as exciting as those Christian influencers I see on Instagram, like, this is, you know, probably something we should touch on later on, and maybe we'll kick off the new year with something like this, but, you know, I have, I have thoughts of where to go with, you know, all these different series ideas that I have in my mind, but the thing is, is like, there's no need to be ashamed of your story. There's no need to be ashamed of how God's been working through your life, you know, a little bit at a time and a little bit at a time and just chipping away and forming you into, you know, Christ-likeness and more like Him and learning in your knowledge of Him and growing in your knowledge of Him. And like, to me, that that is the story of perseverance. You know, James talks about, you know, how perseverance produces faith. Count it all. Count at all blessings, trials of many times, because perseverance produces faith. And that's, you know, the abridged version real fast. And I think this whole idea of this perseverance, like, you can look at it from, I persevered through my life of sin, but I think more importantly, it's persevering in faith. It's persevering through those highs and lows, those... Of the, of the faith that take place. You know, one day you could be on a mountaintop being like, God is the greatest thing that has ever happened. I see him in everything I'm doing. And then the next, you may be in a valley because your world got shook. But I think it's so hard to live in this mountaintop and valleys that when we're at the mountaintops, we want to say, hey, I made it to the top of the mountain. Look at me. Or when we hit the valley, it's, hey, God, why did you put me in this valley? You know, and this is a thought that needs worked out a ton with people. And I'm not, again, I'm not, I'm not sitting here trying to knock anyone's faith journey at all because we all have our own faith journey. And, you know, honestly, th- this podcast is part of my faith journey even because it allows me to 
or allows me more. I, I'm going to say forces because sometimes I need that forcing. I need that motivation to be like, get in the Bible, learn something, share what you're, it's on your mind, really work your thoughts through and, and get it out there. Because if you don't get it out there, then then what? Or if you don't ever sit down to read the Bible and think about it in a perspective that's going to challenge you to think deeply, then then what? Or more importantly, if you don't get in the Bible, period, then what? And again, I'm not knocking people because I go through these seasons where I'm in the Bible every single day, sometimes multiple times a day. But then I go through seasons where I'm just like, uh, not touching it. It's collecting dust. And like, that's a terrible representation of who, of who Jesus is and how awesome he is and like how excited I should be to learn about him. But, but I'm not sometimes. And I think that's my own humanity and sin coming out saying, I'm okay right now. You know, I'm, I'm my life status quo. I, I can't learn anything new. But I also think you got to think of I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher the the person who said this quote, but I believe it was oh he was an author, uh, but the quote is is once you stop learning, you stop living, or you start dying. I'll, that Albert Einstein. Once you stop learning, you start dying, and I think in the same concept. Once we stop learning about God, once we stop caring to learn about God, we slowly start to die in our relationship with God because it's a relational thing. Imagine being in a relationship and not caring to learn about the other person on a regular basis. You know, you don't know everything about a person once you get into a relationship. You know, you learn new things about them on a regular. I mean... Proof positive is is my own relationship. I learn things about my wife on a regular basis. That's the same concept. Is you're learning and you're adapting and changing and then you're learning things together. And it's just one of those things where you're like, hey, I need to put time and effort into this so it doesn't so it doesn't die. Same concept with God. You need to put time and effort into it so it that relationship doesn't die. And all that to be said, if we don't take this opportunity to share, if we don't take this opportunity to show people how amazing God is, then then have we missed the point? Are we missing the boat on that? Especially in this time of Christmas. Are we are we not sharing it because we're scared that people are gonna be frightened by this sacrifice that they have to make to the in their lives to to, you know, be about something other than themselves? Or is it because we want to keep the doors open and so we never really get real about who Jesus is and all of that? Or is it just because we forget? Is it production that we focus on during the Christmas season? Or is it numbers we focus on during the Christmas season? And again, I'm not saying any of that stuff is bad. I'm not saying that what one church is what one church does is right or what another one does is wrong. What I'm saying is in the midst of all of that, I really think the idea that we need to 
tell people about how amazing Christ is. I was going to say was, but is. How amazing Christ is. Is what I think the focus should be during this time. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm ranting at this point. And I'm really, really kind of just sharing what goes through my brain as I, as I plan for some of these things. But as we wrap up the, this section, we see that um, starting in verse 19, it says, But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Hey, the shepherds left. They went back to what they were doing, tending the sheep, tending their flocks, tending whatever what animal whatever animal it might have been. But they they went back and they they didn't just sit on the information they knew. They went back and they and they worshipped. They were amazed enough to continue to worship. And again, that sounds fantastical when you say, "Oh, it was so amazing." I just couldn't help but worship it. What I'm saying is that they they were so changed by the experience of seeing Jesus and being like the, what the angels told me was true that they came back and had no other choice but to worship. And I think that right there says something about how wonderful Christ is and how amazing he is that even in the midst of what are their daily life is, is they're still choosing to take the time to worship. They're still choosing Jesus over, you know, whatever they needed to be doing. And as we, as we look at that, as we kind of start to wrap that up, I thought up, you know, I was thinking about shepherds and, you know, their, their main focus is protecting the flock. And I think in the same essence, one of Christ's, I don't want to say foremost ministries, because I, I don't think this was a foremost ministry, but something that, that kind of had my my thought process like going is how he's a shepherd to us, <coughs> but his goal is to keep us safe as well. You know, whether that's from an eternal eternal damnation or whether that's just from our own sin. You know, and, and maybe keeping us safe is very fantastical as well. But what I'm getting at is that a shepherd's job is to protect. Jesus is a protector. He's, he's, he's a shepherd. You know, and again... I think it's important to see that they were shepherds, that they were just kind of everyday dudes doing everyday things, and they get told this amazing thing just happened, and they are like, I need to go see this for myself. And so they did. But all that to be said. All that to be said. I don't think I can, I don't feel like I can wrap this up with without focusing on Jesus as a shepherd. If you're looking at this and you're like, why shepherds? Why? 
Why, 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 why? If that's the question you're asking yourself, I really think you need to look in the book of Matthew, in the gospel of Matthew, in chapter 18, and starting in verse 12, it says, What do you think? If a man owns 100 sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the 99 on the hills to go look for the one that has wandered off? And if he finds it, truly I tell you, he is happier about that one sheep than about the 99 that did not wander off. Jesus is talking about himself. And he is saying that if there's a hundred people, one of them is not saved. One of them does not believe in Jesus and is wandering their own path. But when he leaves those 99, knowing full well that they're already written in the book of life, they're, they're, they're going to be in the kingdom of God when it's all said and done. He leaves them safely put away and seeks that one. And that one turns, believes in Jesus, finds salvation. He rejoices. He is so, so happy about that. And I think it's important to be like, the shepherds came to see the shepherd. The shepherds came to see the shepherd. And that's hope right there. That's hope in a nutshell. That's just something that we cannot take for granted in this season. You know, we could talk about how they worshipped him. We can talk about how they didn't hesitate to leave But at the end of the day, Jesus came. The shepherd came for us to leave the 99 to find us. I've been that one. I think at some point we have all been that one that Jesus is trying to find. That Jesus is trying to be like, hey, I'm right here. Why don't you turn and come this way? Come look at these. They're safe. We've all been that one at some point. But it was on this day where the shepherds were in their fields, where they came, they found Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus in the manger, where they found the true shepherd that brought that hope. That brought the hope that we would be found. That we we were no longer be lost, but found. And that's a whole nother a whole nother thought process, you know, but we're not going to dive too far in that because I don't want to take away from what what has gone on and how how great it was that they did all the shepherds did all the things that they did. But I I don't want to leave here tonight without saying like without reminding people how how hopeful it is of what transpired that night. Uh you know, the birth of Christ that brings in all this hope for you, for me, for, you know, Joe Smith down the street there. Everybody, everybody gets that hope on what happened here or with what happened here. And as as we're, I say wrapping up, as we're getting ready to wrap up here, I, I just want to, I want to run through a few just thoughts that I had when I was looking at this and 
you know, the things that we we could gather from the shepherds in this situation and just some just some quick thoughts of life application. You know, the first thing they did is like we talked about they didn't they didn't hesitate to leave. You know, again, like I said, don't hesitate to walk through that open door that God has for you that he's pushing you through. God's there, go for it. Be like I I feel you in this moment, go for it. You know, they they went and what they saw they made known. And so they 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 shared the good news of who Jesus was, which is the gospel. You know, they didn't know the end of the story like we do. We we don't know that he was born and then was going to die on a cross 33 years later. Like, they didn't know that at that time. But they still shared the good news of Jesus with everyone they knew. And then at the very end, they continued to worship. And that, to me, again, I think Christmas season is a lot about worshiping who Jesus is. I think that's where a lot of the production comes in. A lot of the let's sing all these Christmas carols come in comes in. A lot of the Christmassy stuff that we do within churches, I think a lot of it does come originally from a heart of worship. And I think that's super, super important. So I'm not I'm not taking that away from anything or anyone or any church or whatever that might be. I'm just saying that after that, after you see all this wonderful Christmas and Christmas Eve stuff and you're like, man, I this I got to continue this. Continue it on Monday. Go to all these, go to Christmas Eve, go to Christmas services. And then on Monday, just be like, I'm still going to worship you. You know, on Tuesday, wake up and be like, I'm still going to worship you. Wednesday, wake up. I'm still going to worship you. It's just not a one day, do it. It's over. I'm fine. I can worship you then. I can worship you next Sunday. But no, it's, it's. It's those days in between where it's like, I still have to worship you. I'm still going to worship you. I still want to worship you. And with all that said, all those thoughts, and, you know, it may be a little hit or miss with some of my listeners because it wasn't scripted out. It was kind of just me thinking through this because I just couldn't get it on all on paper. And... I'm kind of glad I didn't put it on paper this time because I feel like you got a very real, a real transparent thought process on everything when it comes to the the, the, the shepherds. You know, there's there's not much else to say on them other than if you know Jesus as savior as savior then you need to be telling everyone and anyone, the people you pass, the people you see throughout the day, because that is exactly what the shepherds did. And that is how we're going to get the other two involved with everyone, not just within our little Christian circles, but everyone. As we wrap up, I just want, again, I want to thank you for tuning in to 
this episode of the Beyond the Water podcast. I'm just I'm thankful for the people that listen. I'm thankful for having this opportunity to be like, hey, let me share my thoughts. If you think somebody out there could en- enjoy the ramblings, um, the ADHD thoughts, the <laughs> rabbit trails we get on here, be sure to share the podcast with that person. You know, the only way to get the word out is to do what I do, and then hopefully others share it along the way. And I couldn't do it without the listeners, without you guys. And so, please, I I hate putting in shameless plugs, but please make sure that you, you know, like it. Leave it a rating on Apple Pods or Spotify, wherever you listen. Um, be sure to share the social media platforms that come with the podcast you know we're on facebook at beyond the water 419 and then we're on instagram same way beyond underscore the underscore water underscore 419 it's shameless plug day but as always we'll send you with the wrap off please don't forget to live life beyond the water